0: G'day, Sports by Fry fans. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast here. Talking AFL fantasy. Uh, round 9 teams have been announced. There are a couple of big names that were missing from the team sheets, which is less than ideal, and there are a couple of debutants. finally. We've all been crying out for a bit of fresh meat, and we've got a couple of interesting rookies named that, I'll be honest, I had to do some uh, deep diving in Google to find out a bit about, but... There's plenty to talk about after the teams were announced. Like I said, there's another week of, not carnage, I don't want to say, there wasn't too bad, but some coaches were hit by a lot of bullets. So without further ado, let me dive into all the relevant news from the Round 9 team selections. Alright, starting with Friday night footy out west. Only one change for the coasters with Willy Rioli coming in for Jake Waterman. Not really much to talk about there. Similar with most of the Melbourne lineup. We saw Melksham, Michael Hibbard, and Jordan Lewis all out injured, and Declan Kilty, I think that's how you say it, was omitted, which kind of sucks for people that brought him in as a bit of a bench heartbeat option. But the big news from this game is the fact that Oscar Baker has been named to make his debut for Melbourne. He's a 170k midfielder, and personally, he's probably the guy out of all these rooks. I'm going to dive into all of them and the new guys named, but he's the one that I like the looks of the most. He's averaged 70 for a couple of years in the Niefel and VFL, and this season he's gone at an average of 72 from five games, so pretty solid. Plays a bit of a wing, half-forward type of role, and he's known for his speed, so hopefully he can use that at Optus Stadium and get to a decent score. Being 170k, I think I usually tend to wait a week on those basement type of guys, but there's nothing wrong with getting him in. First thing, but obviously comes with a little bit of a risk because we don't really know their job security. Given all the injuries that I just talked about, though, especially Jack Melksham, I think he's out for about a month with a foot injury. I think that Baker, hopefully, can play well against the Eagles and uh, hold his spot on the side. West Coast... Uh, sorry, not West Coast, the Demons do have a tough run coming up though, so it does give me a little bit of pause when it comes to trading in any Demons, including Baker, although we're not going to get many 170k blokes, I'll be honest, It's like I said, we've been crying out for some rookies. Uh, they got West Coast this week, followed by the Giants, Crows and Collingwood leading into their buy, so not a fantastic option, and... His inclusion could open the door for Brayshaw to spend a bit more time in the midfield. He's been playing a bit of a wing and half-forward role, so maybe Baker takes that role. James Harms pushes into the forward line and plays a bit more like Melksham, and we could see Brayshaw back in the guts. Uh, I don't know. I think Brayshaw's still in my uh, trade plans this week, but Baker, I do like the looks of, that's for sure. Next up, Collingwood versus St. Kilda. We've got Dane Beams and Varko back in, which is good for draft owners, especially Dane Beams. He'll be a popular pick in a lot of leagues. And from St. Kilda's front, another debutant, this time in your forward line, is Robbie Young. Another basement bloke at 170k. I don't really like the looks of Young. He's a small forward. He averaged 55 this year. He's not my favourite option. In my big DT talk piece that I wrote about all the rookies and cash cows, I did highlight that Young might make his debut, but there are a couple of options in our forward line in Corbett and Larky, and even though they're a little bit more expensive, I like their job security and their scoring potential over Young, so I'd probably steer away from him. Into the Lions and Crows game, we've got our third straight debutant, this time in our back line, with 170k defender Mitchell Hinge coming in for the Lions, Uh, Lester Cutler were, Alyssa and Cutler were omitted, and Zach Bailey is injured out for the Brisbane. So Hinge is a bit of a utility type of player. He's averaging 64 this year, 17 touches a game, which is pretty solid, but I don't really know what role he's going to play. He seems to... The numbers he puts up seem to signal that he's a bit of a midfielder, but being a utility type, Brisbane could throw him around anywhere, and I think... Hinge will get used, probably in a role similar to Bailey and Cutler, maybe off the halfback flank and pushing up the wing a little bit, so he could be a decent choice if you need to chop out a defender and earn some money there and bring in Hinge. It's definitely not the worst option out there, although the big news from this game is on the other side of the ball for the Adelaide Crows. Now, Brody Smith has been rumoured in the last 24 hours to be dealing with a calf issue, and it's something that he dealt with late last year from memory, but... According to everything I've read, he should still get up and was just on light duties today as a bit of a precaution. Same can't be said for Matthew Crouch. Now, Matty Crouch has been dealing with a hip-slash-ab-slash-cork issue, whatever you want to call it. It seems to change every time I look it up. But he's been injured all week and uh, didn't play out the showdown against Port last week. So it's a bit of a tricky situation with Matty Crouch. They do have to fly up to the Gabba, so... Chances are, if he's any danger of missing and he's not going to be ripe as a cherry, then you'd probably think they leave him in Adelaide. Hopefully we'll know that before full lockout. We should do. I assume that the Crows will be flying out tomorrow at some point. So keep your ears and eyes glued to social media just to see if Crouch is a laid out. And even if he is named and still on the side, I would want to look at having an emergency just in case he is dropped. If he's out, I think personally you've got to trade him. I mean... There's another gun midfielder that I'm going to talk about soon, but you get two trades a week. You may as well use them. Crouch is still worth a decent chunk of coin, so you can upgrade him to someone like Trelaw or Gaff or Merritt or Rocky or get another superstar midfielder. So that's kind of where my thinking is, and if he's out from my side, I'll be moving him on. The Cats and Bulldogs, not a hell of a lot to talk about here, although it's a bit of a bummer that Charlie Constable didn't hold his spot after 27 touches for Geelong. What more does the young bloke have to do? Granted... He is making way for Joel Selwyn, so I can see why he'll miss again, but I actually still have him in my side, and he'll probably stay on my bench for the meantime. I might use that cash sooner rather than later if I need to, but I haven't needed to chop him out yet, and considering he still has a really low break even, I might utilise that money to help get one of my last two or three rookies off my field in the latter half of the buy rounds, really. Um, Darcy Fort has been named, a basement-priced ruck that's in a ton of teams, so it'll be nice to have some bench cover for once. Bulldogs go in unchanged, which is good news for Hayes and Lockie Young owners. Personally, I was stoked to see uh, Young hold his spot after bringing him in for his 22 last week. I thought he could have got the chop, but he held, and Tommy Atkins for Geelong held his spot as well. Even though he pulled up lane with a hamstring issue and only played about half the game, he held his spot in the side. So has a high break even, and you could chop him out to try and make some money, but at least he's playing. That's the good news. Dockers versus the Dons is the last game on Saturday, and unfortunately we saw Braden Ham omitted from Essendon's side. They swung the axe, actually. They Dropped three blokes and they had a couple of injuries and there aren't really any fantasy relevant names to come in. Joey Danaher might be relevant in your draft leagues. Devin Smith out really hurts and what a stinker of a year he's had so far. Poor bugger. But on the other side of the ball, Connor Blakely being included for freeo is something that I'm very interested in. I'm a bit light on in players with around 12 buy. So if Blakely starts to ball out for a couple of weeks in a row, he's someone that I'll probably bring in maybe even before his buy. We're only six trades away, including the two that we've got before lockout tomorrow. Six trades away from the buy rounds kicking in. And yeah, Blakely, I think after being slated to play more midfield time now that Lockie Neal's missing from the team, it would be interesting to see what his role is against Essendon and someone that you should definitely have on your watch list at worst. Well, I missed one more Saturday game. Not very relevant, so I'll skim over it very quickly. North versus Sydney. Curtis Taylor, probably the only fantasy relevant name, but after making his debut last week, not many coaches will have him, and he's been omitted from North side, where Kieran Jack injured out for James Rowbottom from the Swans is their only change. So into the Sunday teams we go, and a very relevant game kicks off the Sunday slate with Port Adelaide playing the Gold Coast Suns. Starting with a power... There's no certainty yet, but Willem Drew, there's a lot of rumours out there that he's going to be dropped for a potential inclusion for Port. Uh, Ken Hinckley said he's going to make a couple of changes and that Zach Butters will be back into their side. He's also said that Joel Garner will make his debut, someone that I wouldn't take a punt on fantasy-wise, hasn't lit the world on fire, but Drew being omitted from the side isn't impossible. We thought that if he held that Holy Wines role, he could be fantasy relevant, but Didn't really light the world on fire in his first game. Granted, it was against Adelaide, so hopefully they give him another chance and he can ball out against Gold Coast. If he's not named, though, nothing wrong with moving him on because his break-even's starting to edge closer to the 60s and he's had a lot of 50s on his uh, score sheet this season, so someone that I'll probably chop out if he's not named, but... Wait and see when the Sunday squads are firmly announced. Could see a couple of debutants on Gold Coast's side as well. Jez McLennan and Ben King were their two first-round picks, along with Isaac Rankin uh, and Jack Lacocious, of course. <laughs> Jeez, they got a lot of first-rounders this year. But Jez McLennan and Ben King could be in line for a debut. Wouldn't take a punt on either of them, especially Ben King, who's a little bit more expensive because of his high draft pick, but... Could be interesting options if they ball out in Game 1. I think it's a right idea to wait and see how they go, though. Richmond and Hawthorne. Firstly on Hawthorne's side, no omissions yet. They've had four blokes included in their squad, so probably nothing relevant to talk on their front. On the other side of the ball, though, Jack Ross, injured along with Toby Nankervis, opens the door for a few blokes, and we could see, yet again, some debutantes for the Tigers. Ivan Soldo is the popular belief pick to come in and support Noah Bolter in Richmond's ruck and he's been named as their starting ruckman on the field so I'd be surprised if he wasn't in the squad but Callum Coleman Jones who's a 170k ruck forward is in the squad I wouldn't go trading him in but if he comes in and plays for a game and then seems to hold his spot he definitely could be someone that you bring in around the buys and maybe get a couple of gigs to earn you some coin but the one that I really like the looks of is Riley Collier Dawkins unfortunately because he was a bit of a higher draft pick. He's 230 grand, so again, probably not a fantastic choice, but he's averaging 57 from five games so far, so he might not even be included into their side. Similar to the two Gold Coast blokes, I think it's wise to take a wait-and-see approach with them, but if they're named and you're desperate, there's you could almost justify it. I wouldn't, but you could. Last game, the Giants versus Carlton. On Carlton's side, we see Nick Newman coming back in, which is handy for draft owners. Not a lot else to talk about there. Sam Walsh has been a big popular talking point this week and whether you should trade him or not. Personally, I think that you should hold on to him. However, if you have managed to dodge all these injury issues and rookies being dropped, etc., then you have to get rid of Walsh to get a premium midfielder. Not a terrible pick by any means. From the Giants' perspective, we saw Whitfield coming and Shane Mumford included into their side, and they could be the three blokes that play with three omissions from the Giants' side last week. We've got Matt Buntyne out, Zach Langdon is injured, and so is Big dog Stephen Cornelio, which is a huge out for a lot of coaches. I think from memory he's in about 20% of teams. So those people who own Cogs, are in another tricky position. Yet again, another Giant who's injured that we don't really have a concrete plan for. Now we saw, and I was in the trade out Lucky Whitfield camp, we saw what can happen with them playing it safe. They're in flying form right now and the Giants obviously have their eyes set on big prizes this season. So if Cogs is rested this week for his finger issue, then there's no certainty he'll be back next week. He should, but said the same thing about Whitfield. So personally, I'm lucky I'm not an owner because it's a very tricky position to be in, but if I was, I would look to move him on. Similar to Matty Crouch, he's still priced at a decent amount, and you could potentially set yourself up well for the buys by moving him on and getting another big dog like Trelaw, Merritt, Fife, someone that you like, Rocky if you need him, etc. Gaff I'm a huge fan of, so there's definitely options there, and I'd probably look to move Cornelio on. All right, before I wrap up this quick podcast, time to do a few Q&As. So I put out the uh, call to a few people on Twitter and Instagram and got inundated with a few questions. So thank you to the people that hit me up. First one comes from Miss B Kate, and she asks, Young or Baker? So let me address this, because it was basically one of the main questions from a lot of people. Let me address these new rookies, the 170K blokes. So personally, I think that Baker is the top, option at the moment, given the fact that he is a midfielder, firstly, and that he can play on that wing, hopefully send Broshaw into the midfield, which will help his scores, but I like him, and I just I really don't like Young as a small forward, probably needs goals to score well, so even if Baker does have questionable job security, I'd still back him in there. Anthony asks, what do we do with Crouch, also underperforming rookies, so... Matty Crouch is a tricky one. You'd think that he'll only be out for a week if he does miss the Brisbane Clash, but hopefully we'll know before lockout what the position or what position he's in. Personally, if he's not named, like I said, I think he's a fine trade. If you've got more pressing needs, then you can do a lot worse, but. We're nine rounds, or eight rounds technically, into the season, and you've got to keep an eye on maximizing points on your ground. So for that reason, I think trading Crouch is the right thing to do. If he doesn't play, then I think I'll be forced to do the same thing. Even though it hurts, like I said, you can still get a big dog in return. Connor Brown asked via Instagram, Should we hold Cogs? Similar position to Matty Crouch. I think it's wise to trade these guys on. Got to get points somehow. Nick James tried to get in three questions on Instagram, so... Firstly, uh, should we hold Sam Walsh? I've talked a little bit about it. If you've got more pressing needs, then there's nothing wrong with holding Walsh. I will be, but you can trade him out to get an upgrade. Keep Brayshaw. I don't know. I was thinking I'm getting rid of him, but I'll be honest, my gut's kind of telling me to hold him. I think this injury or these latest injuries to Melbourne could see him spend a bit more time in the midfield. So I'll make my mind up closer to bounce down, but God, you can definitely justify getting rid of him because he's been terrible the last few weeks. Brandon Mav asked Jay Petricelli and T English to Boak and Darcy Fort. That is a fantastic move. Now, if English is on your field and you have to field Darcy Fort, I would not do that move because if Fort is dropped after this week and drops the 30, then you're going to be stuck in a real weird position. Finally, Thomas Jeffries asked the question that a lot of coaches are wondering. How is Charlie Constable not playing? You can't tell me Atkins is better than him. I totally agree with you, mate. Unfortunately... They both seem to play a bit of a different role. Constable is a heavy midfield rotation player, so if someone like Selwood is out, then that's his role. But Atkins seems to pinch it up forward a bit more and doesn't have as high a time on ground as Constable. So it sucks, but like I said, i still got faith that Constable can come back and play a couple of decent games towards the back half of the year, so I'm holding on to him right now. That's going to do it for another episode. Make sure that you tune into my Rookie Roulette rankings that I'll release on social media once the Sunday teams are announced. Good luck with your trades. Remember, there are only half a dozen trades before the buy round starts. So while it is tempting to try and get fancy and shuffle a few pieces around, I think making the right moves for your buy structure takes priority over everything right now. It's... A tricky time of year that can sneak up on coaches and ultimately can be a make or break for your season. So keep that in mind when you're dealing players in and out. Otherwise, good luck in round nine. Thank you for listening once again. Until next time, peace.